This is the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Happy 2022, Maria. Happy 2022. I'm so excited about the new year, the new possibilities, and just um, new everything. I am too. There's something very refreshing, especially the way the holidays fall at the end of the year. So you're doing this big celebration for weeks on end, and uh, and then it really intensifies, and then you're into the new year. I I think it's exciting every single year. Absolutely, the energy's up for everyone. Everybody's happy, and you know, just ready to put in some new habits and just kind of see how things develop. I mean. Here we are that at the last couple of years, we've um, gone through COVID and everybody was talking about the new normal. Um, but now it's about not exactly the new normal, but just trying to get back into the habit of things, how just proceeding, you know, your day to day. And did we learn anything? Absolutely. I think that's the new normal. What did you learn? How are you plugging in? So. Absolutely. And I think we cherish human to human relationships much more. Uh, since many of us weren't able to get together for the holidays in the like you know year year two, so it was you know, really great to be able to to connect with people. I know one of the things I thought of this morning in thinking about the podcast. We have a lot of new people that have gotten on board. They don't really know who we are, so tell them who is Maria Partridge. Absolutely. So yeah, um, here we are in twenty twenty two. Half of, I guess, half a decade later. <laughs> um, you know, uh, my background is, um, you know, business management um, that came from uh, that developed in the multi housing um, communities, anywhere between, you know, 80 units to 700. Um, and uh, just kind of putting in some uh, high profile. Um, business practices, um, lowering liability um, in rentals and um, real estate investment, and um, just you know, the, made a career of plugging in solutions. And I think that from that, I've learned that every problem has a solution. Um, so heavily, just worked with a lot of investors, and in, you know, in in some higher projects, um, and that's kind of morphed into. Um, when the 08 happened, the re, you know everybody reinventing itself and, um, and pivoting um, into plugging in that knowledge to other business owners as to how do you get that started, how do you protect it, um, and what's your day to day operation should look like to make sure that those budgets and those finances and um, and a productive year and profitability. Um, so it, it's been kind of a passion for me. And um, when Lotus was born, um, that just seemed to be like a hand to a glove. So. And you talked about with your investors. So what you did is manage, I know, some renovations of some apartment communities or multifamily housing units. Oh, my gosh. Was that a bug that bit me hard? <laughs> it was um, really interesting that... Um, you know, the multi-housing gets rated in a couple of different ways, you know, A, B, C, D, Fs. And whoever wants to, you know, ever think about that a property that is um, 
that needs some love, some budget to be infused and to um, been, you know, be rehabbed, um, you know, whatever be a home for somebody that is um, had not only a roof over their head, but a community sense. Um, and I don't think people think in those terms besides that, oh, you see hinges falling off the cabinets and, you know, it's roach infested and all those good things. And, you know, seeing that that could potentially be someone's home. So it's kind of a dual purpose that your investors want to profit. Absolutely. But the people that reside there also want a community. So um, it hit me from both ends. It just totally made sense to me. Um, I think my first um, on my own was uh, 88 units um, in uh, downtown Orlando. And, um, you know, the profile of the demographics of that community was basically an older generation. And then we also had a younger generation that was, you know, uh, hardworking um, and uh, kind of young professionals. So um, we were able to rehab the whole entire community where um, not a penny over budget. Um, it was income producing for sure. Um, it went from being seven years on the market and no one ever wanted to look at it because it just was not income producing. Um, expenses were really ultra high. Um, that in a just we were able to clean it up, um, had a hundred percent occupancy and it had a six month waiting period. So we brought it, brought it back to its glory. Um, and I think that when I moved on to my next project, uh, what really touched my heart was that all the residents got together. We had um, started some potluck lunches and bingo nights again. Um, actually made the potluck lunch about a bumbleash party for me. And um, seeing how I touched their lives and making them a home um, somewhere where they wanted to invite their families and their friends um, and have events again um, to, you know, being really proud of where they could, you know, where they lived. And so that that hit home for me. That, and so I did it again and I did it again and then I did it again. <laughs> so it, it was really fun. It wasn't not just about numbers, but it was also about the people that were living there. I was fortunate, too. I had a very varied background. Um, <clears throat> so I actually started in broadcast engineering, worked on AM transmitters, tuning systems, towers, things like that, and then in, moved into sales and into the chemical industry and ultimately ended up in IT management in the chemical industry. So kind of a weird journey. But uh, mm -hmm. we were, it's funny, we were working on cybersecurity before the word cybersecurity existed 20 some years ago. And we started understanding the systems were connected to the internet, were at risk, and some of the things that we needed to do to start protecting them. And uh, because, you know, the internet's not that old. I mean, it's really only been popular maybe 25 years. Definitely within a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of it, it came about in a lifetime. So, like, so many things have. It's funny that you know, um, my primary job didn't exist not that many years ago. So, it, it's um, it's been a fun journey, and uh, and I've had many years of experience and working with a lot of companies, coming up with solutions. Sometimes really, what seems to be simple solutions. And then also coming up with bigger solutions that maybe took years to implement to uh, get uh, companies consolidated into platforms and things like that. So I've had a very blessed and varied life so far when it comes to my professional life. 
I could definitely attest to that. I mean, it, I think in, in bringing our, our experiences together where um, productivity is, you know, the what you bring forward, um, you know, the technology side and making that um, in layman's term and, and making it productive for, you know, on a day to day, you know, what does that look like? You know, so for somebody that is communicating with another department that may not be unnecessarily there or sharing files or, you know, that's where the technology world has just morphed into something immense. But, you know, and bringing things back to basics, a lot of the technology just basically looks a little different today, but the basics um, started somewhere, you know, where, um, why, why would we even have a server? Where do you put the, your data? How do you back that up? You know, going from floppy disk, you know, three and a half size, you know, that, that came from, you know, the larger five, you know, was it 5.5? Was, was that the size of floppy disk before? Uh, they were five inch before that. There were eight yeah. inch floppy disks. Yeah. Yeah. Immense. And restoring data. And that, that, that at that time, that was like, you know, what are you doing? It's like, how do you do that? You know, it's like, you know, cleaning up your, your, uh, making sure things stay safe and restoring back to where you were. So you can start putting in the data all over again. You know, um, I remember doing that on site, you know, um, and in today's world, it's like, uh, you definitely have make a career of it and, um, and help others in that way. Cause it gets to be, you know, um, technical. <laughs> well, one of the things that did not exist, not all that long ago was cloud computing. Now I say that, and it's funny, I worked for a company in the mid nineties and we did everything through terminals and we were terminal using terminals here in Orlando and connected into a mainframe yes. in Atlanta. So that was, that was early cloud computing. We just didn't call it that at the time. Yes. But uh, there are still a lot of fears around cloud computing. We probably talked to somebody I want to say, now it's less frequent. It used to be we talked to everybody, every somebody every couple of days that had real concerns about the security and loss of, uh, the, of control of their data if they stored it in the cloud. People are getting A, more comfortable with the cloud or not even realizing that they're using the cloud. You know, it's, it's, I remember when that, that term was just, you know, what is exactly a cloud? And people, like you say, have like kind of lost um, uh, um, the reality of what that is. But we've been using cloud services from, you know, more than a couple of decades. You know, it's like when you get into your bank, you know, and you're needing to sign in so you can see things. Um, you know, we use it as a professional level, like you said, you know, having to get into um a virtual portal so you can get into a database and input, um, you know, different claims or um, in patient information or, you know, whatever, however that applies to that industry. Um, and for for like normal day to day, you're banking when that started being available just to see our accounts, never mind being able to transfer money um, and, you know, making deposits. And now in today's world, even a, a business can do that, which before you couldn't. Um, all of these are cloud-based and, um, you know, you get that less sense of security. Well, we've been doing it for a long time. So one of the things that used to happen was <clears throat> many years ago, if you lost the hard drive on your computer, if it failed on you, you would, um, you would lose your email because you had downloaded 
your email. It may have been held temporarily on a server somewhere, and then you would download, you would connect and download your email. And then like your phone wasn't gonna be synced with your computer. And so nowadays we don't download our email anymore. We literally are just taking a copy of email off of a server. So even if you think you're downloading your email, most likely with modern technology, you are just copying your email to your local device. And then when you delete it, it tells the server, yeah, go ahead and delete that. We've, we're we're going to mark that as deleted. Mm-hmm. So we, we're using the cloud every single day and not even realizing some of the advantages of using the cloud, the whole work from home thing. If the pandemic had happened 10 years ago, or I say <laughs> even five years ago, we would have had a completely different outcome. We would have we would have had a population of the earth literally sitting at home doing nothing. But because so many companies had already begun moving to the cloud, that work from home just took a few more steps for a lot of folks. We were really ready here in Florida because we set up all of our clients being able to work remotely because of hurricanes. So the pandemic was just like a big hurricane when it came to us technically. But, you know, a lot of folks don't realize if again, if this pandemic had happened five years ago or 10 years ago, we wouldn't have had work from home. Companies still had on-premise servers. They still had email sitting in their office on a in what we call an exchange server, or they had a PBX hanging in the closet, and they could not take phone calls if they left the building. Right. I mean, I think um, going back to the, the statement of, um, you know, learning new things, I think, learn, you know, when people say you don't know what you don't know, well, I think in this case, there's a lot of it that was applicable to because, like we say, in Florida, we have hurricanes. So it's kind of the same process. You know, in pandemic, it's just, you know, um, business continuity, right? Just making sure that your business continues um, and revamping those solutions and making sure you have access so you're able to work from anywhere. And I cloud has been able to provide that, you know, so we've been blessed in that way. A, a big drawback for the cloud uh, a lot of people, you know, they mentioned the insecurity. They mentioned the potential loss of control of their data. But the other thing that, that they concern, are concerned about, we didn't mention it, is losing access to their data. And that mm-hmm. primarily would be not so much that the data center's down. That happens on occasion. But more often than not, you go to an area that doesn't have a good Internet connection. We take it for granted because we live in a suburban area. Most of us do that there are still a lot of parts of our country and especially the world that don't have access to constant Internet connection or a high speed Internet connection. That is quickly changing. We have numerous SpaceX rockets that are launching over here off the coast of Florida. Those there's one just coming up this week, matter of fact, are with another one of Elon Musk's companies called Starlink. His goal is to connect the entire planet with high-speed internet, satellite internet. We have satellite internet now, but what he is building is going to be immense. And we're talking about satellite internet available across the entire world. That is really going to push cloud computing over the edge. There'll be one less big reason to keep data stored in your data closet in your business because you can keep it in a very secure data center that's got redundant internet, redundant power. The reasons for, and and the costs will just continue to plummet 
as they are today. That's where we see cloud going. With the development of 5G and Starlink, those are going to be two big game changers in allowing people to access their data. Talk about information technology being available. Everywhere. <laughs> it is going to be. I actually saw a funny, car, uh, not a cartoon, it was actually a picture of an early Starlink adopter. And uh, they had a, they were in a snowy north somewhere. And they said, it, uh, I wondered why the internet was out. Well, I guess the cats had figured out that the Starlink dish puts off just a little bit of heat. And so literally the dish was covered, I think, by three or four cats who were warming themselves by the warmth of the uh, Starlink satellite uh, uplink. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, microwave cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we can shift gears a little bit. Um, so I heard this this morning on the radio. We were going to talk about today uh, scams and, and some things that you need to be on the lookout for. And one of the newest scams is on COVID testing scams. And so there are a lot of people beginning to sell fake COVID tests, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I don't know how you sleep at night if you do this kind of thing. But yes, there are people online. Either they're just taking your money and sending you nothing or they just send you some thing i have a card or something and i i don't know but here's one of the easy tricks they said that you could use on the uh, radio this morning and i thought this was a good tip you can uh go to a web browser put in the name of the product that you found like say uh you know joe's covid test and just put joe's covid test scam and see what comes up. And I've used this trick before. It's a good way to, to uh, check out if something is legitimate or not. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. There's so much new information that, you know, and, and our lives are so fast-paced that you're like, well, if it's there, you know, if, it, if, if it's in the internet, it's true. Well, no, not necessarily. Um, you know, cyber criminals are out there um, figuring things out as to how do I make a quick buck? Um, so looking out for, you know, something that's trusted um, is is huge. You know, um, what have you, you know, done? What are your resources? Who can you, you know, turn to to make sure that that resource is, you know, tr I can trust it. You know, and, and it's getting harder and harder nowadays to And, and to our do service desk does frequently get emails from clients uh, that will drop us a line and say, hey, this looks really suspicious to me. Can you check it out? And we will. We'll read through the email. We'll we'll open up the uh, the back end, if you will, of the email, and see where it came from, who, how it was signed, and we can really our our team can very quickly, you know, I answer you and say, yeah, this is not legitimate, or or it is legitimate. It appears to be legitimate, and then we'll have that conversation with them to help them understand why it is or not. Legitimate, so it is important to have somebody you can trust, who you can reach out to, when you do run into these questions. Uh, I want to throw out some quick numbers um, when it, from the Internet Crime Complaint Center, like it's called the IC3. This is a 2020 report. All they did is focus on non-payment and non-delivery scams. Two hundred and sixty-five million dollars last year. That doesn't include a hundred and twenty-nine million dollars in credit card fraud as well. Isn't that amazing? 
It is absolutely amazing. So some ways you can protect yourself, practice good cybersecurity hygiene. Go, oh, great, yes, I'll, I'll do that. What is that? <laughs> that is uh, just a few simple things. Number one, make sure that you have a separate, different password for every single account. Do not repeat your password anywhere. And some people are like, man, I got these throwaway accounts. You, you still you must use a different password for every one of those accounts. And they have to be good passwords. You cannot use password one, two, three. You can't use your name. You can't use any English word or not any word, not English or any language. You cannot use any dictionary word. Um, it has to just be a collection of random letters with a capital and some lowercase, a number or two, and some exclamation points, you know, a, a punctuation. So well, those he, are the best passwords. Eight to 12 characters is best. So that's good cybersecurity hygiene. And, I, you know, typically the response you get from that is, how do I keep track of all of these passwords? And you want to use a password manager. We like Password Boss. That's the one we're now using. We like some of the security features in it where it goes in and actually will give you a security port and tell you these companies have been breached and these passwords were stolen, so you need to update them. So you don't have to kind of try and keep track of that when these companies reach out to you. You can just pop into that security update and uh, it's actually in the interface. It gives you a score. You say, hey, my score's right. dropped. What's going on? You hit that uh, security review, and it'll give you that information. Yeah, if you see your score that you previously had a 93 score, and now all of a sudden you have 74, yeah, it's typically because um, something's changed. Um, it's like, it's you like your credit score. When you, yeah. get, when you get an update on your credit score, you go, uh-oh, what did I you buy? Pay attention to that. And it's in, in the criminal that's out there, they, you know, the kind of the psychology behind it, if you get just a simple word and you put one, two, three behind it, they know, well, if they use it for this, they use it for many other things. And there they take their sweet time to make sure that they um, hack into whatever possible um, and dig into your um, to your data. Um, so, yeah, when the when that little pop up says um, this password has been breached, I would say that I would pay attention to that and change it immediately. And a lot of this applies to consumers, but this translates over to the business world because so much of our business and personal is now. I would say interconnected or inter intermingled. That's probably the best way to say it. It's intermingled because, you know, who doesn't, when you're at work, pop in and pay some bills or take care of some personal items while you're at work. And so, you know, if you put that password in on a work computer, that could allow an infiltration of somebody into your company network. So there are, a, a, you know, this applies to companies as well as individuals. Some other things you can do, uh, the recommendation from uh, the I, um, FBI, it's know who you're buying from. That's really important. Know, you know, is it a legitimate company? You know, it's not Joe's COVID test or anything. And then be careful how you pay. Don't use gift cards. Uh, if they are asking for something out of the ordinary, like a gift card or a Steam gift card, something strange, an Apple card, that's that's a big red flag. Run away, because something is really peculiar is happening. And if they refund you money or something, just get away from it and report it to your bank. And if need be, if something's lost, then you're going to need to report it to the police as well. Right, Absolutely. 
I just recently just um, had a, a conversation with um, a prospective client um, from a, a law firm. Um, they were actually had an interesting scenario with just um, Zelle. You know, it's that, that's so popular. And that's just the thing that when it becomes a popular thing, you still have that that one percent or half a percent of, of issues in in going to your bank and reporting something immediately so they can have assistance. And they can also have that, um, um, you know, that back end taking a look at their um, their processes and making sure that nothing looks hinky um, and, and kind of researching that crime. One other way you can protect yourself, and your mother used to tell you this, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Correct. Yes. That's good advice. The other way is uh, you can also stay up on what's going on in cybersecurity. So what Maria does every Wednesday, she sends out an email Wednesday morning. I was just talking to somebody this morning and uh, he said, you know, I would know nothing about cybersecurity and protecting myself if it wasn't for Maria's weekly cybersecurity tips. And uh, she sends it out every Wednesday, and they, they, they're they quick, and they're things you can do right then and there to uh, help increase your cybersecurity awareness and protect yourself. Absolutely. Simple tips uh, so you don't never save your your um, your passwords and your browser or, um, you know, getting on a public Wi-Fi. And, you know, what does that look like and why do you or you don't do something like that? Yeah, so, they don't um, just tell you don't do it, but also why you don't do it as exactly. well. Exactly. It's easy to sign up. WeeklyCybersecurityTips.com is the uh, website. We don't spam you. This is all we send you is your weekly cybersecurity tips. And they come out, what, about 10 o'clock, I think, on Wednesday morning? Yeah, mid-morning. Yep, correct. Very good. Well, Maria, thank you. And uh, looking forward to our next episode. Absolutely. See you the next time. Yep, next time here at the Team Lotus Cares Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares Podcast. This is a free service of Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com. The Team Lotus Cares Podcast has been mixed and directed by Marcus Escott.